It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today and do yourself right. With a little indoor kart racing, the Slick Track is open uh, second Tuesday of the month, and I believe that's going to be September 14th. Uh, while we're chit-chatting here, though, I'll get you some correct information on that. But Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, the Slick Track Oval, a lot of fun to do. People are raving about that, and it's kind of a cool way to get down there. And even if you don't want to race the slick track oval, go down there and just watch drivers race it because a lot of times you're going to see some of the uh, big celebrities that race uh, on the dirt tracks throughout the area. They'll go over there. They love racing that slick track. So, so it sounds like the league night will be on Tuesday nights again. Yep. Yeah, I think that starts up in October. So, yeah, second Tuesday of the month is going to be the next slick track, and that's going to be September 14th. Big show lined up for you today. We're going to recap the race at Indy, and we're going to talk with uh, McKenna Hasse. Wait, Sassy Hasse. McKenna Hasse, who is doing a speaking engagement in Lincoln next week. We wanted to get her on the show and get more details about that. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to meet her, watch her race, or at least learn about her, I think you're going to be thoroughly impressed with McKenna. She uh, is one of the few young kids these days and yeah i'm a little bit older now i can say young kids that has got their stuff together and she's going to be doing a speaking engagement once again it's going to be down in lincoln so if you want to uh find out more information about that hang on to the show and then we're going to get you set uh oh and then we got a second interview dirk we went from no interviews for three weeks and now i got two interviews lined up on that last interview you were talking about you were talking about her being younger and stuff the part that sets you apart from her is that she has her stuff together. Yes, very much. That's so. the part that sets you apart. She's a young person that has her stuff together. I'm an old fart that doesn't. Uh, you're not quite an old fart. But <laughs> you're just a fart. I feel like after the <laughs> Iowa State Fair this weekend, I feel a little older, fartery. I just made up a word. Cole Wayman is going to join us in uh, the next phase of the show, and we're going to no. talk about his. Uh, track championship last year, his quest to defend his track championship at Eagle, and then getting into a Bragg and Wright late model with the Dan Jackson number uh, three Bragg and Wright late model at I-80 Speedway. So we'll talk more about that with uh, with Cole. And then in turn number four, we'll get you set for uh, today's race at today's race. I did it again. Sunday's race at Michigan. I was doing so good for a while. Yeah. Then you took an interview off. and. Mm-hmm. I got to get back into the swing and doing things the right way. Kind of like me in the Pickums contest. I kind of did all right for a while. <laughs> One of the biggest collapses in sporting history. That I got to tell you that that might have been worse than the Patriots the year they got beat by the uh, the Giants. <laughs> they went eighteen and zero and then just got owned in the Super Bowl. Well, they didn't really get owned. They only lost by a touchdown, so or less than a touchdown. But yeah. eighteen and yeah. zero, you should have been able to handle those. Didn't they? Well, it doesn't matter. That's that's football. We don't, we don't talk football on this show. Uh, all right. Sunday's race at Indy. Holy cow. People are upset. Teams are mad. Drivers are crying. NASCAR's talking about redoing the, the making big changes for next year. And the ratings, oof, not good. In fact, Sunday's race at Indy earned a 1.8 rating and brought in 2.8 million viewers. Last year, it was a 2.7 rating and 
brought in 4.3 million viewers. This year's race was still the highest rated sports event of the weekend, even though it was the lowest rated race at Indianapolis, uh, which uh, looks like third straight year of declining ratings for the Indian for the Indy race. That sounds about right. But I know I know many people that don't like the Brickyard race, but they don't like road courses even worse. Yeah. Well, didn't we talk about this last year? NASCAR fans said, give us more short tracks. And NASCAR said, yeah. what do you want? And they said, give us more short tracks. NASCAR said, okay. what do you want? More, more yeah. road courses. They, and they say, NASCAR fans said, give us more short tracks. And NASCAR said, here's some road courses. Give us more short tracks. The fans want short tracks. The fans don't want the splitters. And we're not getting what we want. And you're seeing it in the ticket sales and in the ratings. I just, I mean, and understand, I, I get NASCARs. I, I make fun of them because they they came out and said, we don't like the splitter, drivers don't like the splitter, and fans don't like the splitter, so it, we're getting rid of the splitter for the next-gen car. And, and it's still there. And, mm-hmm. and adding more short tracks to the schedule, this was a little bit different, where you and I were both kind of wishfully hoping, I know that's not correct English, but it is what it is, that they would get rid of the Indianapolis race altogether, get rid of Indy, and take that race, that race weekend, to Iowa and run at Iowa Speedway. But with Roger Penske purchasing Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar Series, NASCAR, I think NASCAR was in a little bit of a pickle to take care of one of their major owners. And so they're trying yeah. something different for a few years. Oh, as long as Penske's involved with uh, Indianapolis, that race is going to be on the schedule. It's just going to yeah. be that one. Yeah. And I, did you see the same articles leading up to the race of people talking about how NASCAR made a big mistake getting rid of one of their crown jewel events? I saw a couple articles on that and a couple of them made some valid points. And now that the viewership dropped, I mean, maybe the points were more valid than you and I want to make credit for. That's for sure. But that wasn't, a. I mean, I don't understand that there's been declining ticket sales and declining ratings at, at Indy for years because you and I have talked about this. That is not a stock car track. Exactly. They are trying it's to not. put a square peg in a round hole, and it's a terrible track to go watch a race at. I mean, any race. Yeah. Because you any only get race. to, from my understanding, anywhere you sit, your best view is going to be right about the start finish line or same spot on the back stretch where you're going to see a little bit of the exit of turn four and a little bit of the entry to turn one. No, that's it. The the two best. Well, there's four good places to sit, but I I've never been there. So I've never seen. Well, I have been there, but I don't know about seating on the back straightaway. But sitting in the middle of a corner, you get to see the long straightaway and the short. Yeah. Okay. You can see half the track. Yeah. There's not a seat in the house, except if you're on that pagoda. That pagoda has got the only view where you can see the whole track. And Tom, Dick and Harry is not getting the pagoda view. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I've known countless people that have gone, like they said, you know, we went to the Indian 500 one time and we'll never go back because you don't see nothing. Yeah. You see, you know, that eighth of the track, you know, eighth of a mile of track that's sitting right in front of you. You don't see anything. And then I heard people say, well, we sat in the corner and I could see the whole front straight away and I could see between turns one and two. And I'm like, well. I can, I can see how that's a little bit better of a view. But still, if if – I mean, we go to Kansas and Iowa and, and Knox. I mean, we don't have an issue seeing the racetrack. We see the entire racetrack and, uh, and, and just, 
yeah, we're able to see the entire racetrack. We're able to see everything. I, I can't imagine paying a ticket to go to see the Indianapolis 500 or what was the Brickyard 400 not being able to see the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, it's if you go to Indy and I'd still like to go just one time to say I went, you know, but, you know, it's it's on the rim of my bucket list, but it hasn't fallen in yet. <laughs> you know, I'd like to do it, but yeah. I'm probably never going right. to. I've seen IndyCar races because we worked conjunction with them with truck series races so i've been to a lot of indy car races i've even i'm stupid enough that i even went over and watched them do indy car tech before and that's <laughs> that's a thing let me tell you and that was you know that's they were doing the laser station deal 20 years ago yeah something real similar you know but uh uh yeah yeah i'm, well, I'm not an indy fan i haven't been since the first race and i never will be and this screwball road course weekend now the xfinity cars raced there last year and had a pretty decent race so i don't know why they made all these changes and made all these launching pads and and everything else they did for these guys you know how screwed up the race was when aj wins it (laughs) i mean he's a good road course racer and in a better organization i i would fight you on that but caleb racing i mean come on they're that one of the small teams that's got no business being up in the front because they just, well, I guess I shouldn't say no business, but. That was their seventh cup start. Seventh. Yep. And they, and they won. And they've been racing Xfinity Series for quite some time, right? Maybe a couple of years? Oh, yes. Four years, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, A.J. Allmendinger gets the win. Ryan Blaney comes home in second. Kyle Larson in third. Chase Elliott in fourth. Matt DiBenedetto, nice top five finish. Kurt Busch, sixth, Eric Jones, seventh, Justin Haley in eighth, Austin Sindrick in ninth, and Ryan Newman in tenth. You want to talk about screwed up? Three of the top ten finishing positions aren't eligible for Cup Series points. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> AJ Allmendinger should have been, uh, yeah, he should have been one of the bigger point getters of the day. The bigger, right? Uh, Benedetto had 38. Anyways. Well, yeah, well, AJ's going to get 45 for winning a race, or 40 yeah. for winning a race. Yeah, so he would have been the big point getter of the day. He didn't finish it in the top 10 either stages. Yeah, so uh, he but didn't get any bonus points, so. He's not eligible, but if you happen to have taken him for the Pick'em's contest, you will have gotten his points. Yeah. Uh, so no no, uh, no worries there, but uh, let's talk about that last that last restart, did you get to watch the clips and the commentary and the replays and all that fun stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it all. And, I mean, I watched the race. I saw the whole race up until the, that second, uh, well, the first overtime. And they had the disaster where they'd spend an hour fixing the track out. And they'd turn around and have another disaster right there. That's when yeah. I turned it off and left. I had some stuff to do. Well, I, I can't. I think it was Jeff Gordon or Clint Boyer said, I had no idea they were using metal rumble strips. But as they were repairing it, that was clear that those were not concrete rumble strips, which he's pretty certain if it was Jeff, I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Gordon that was talking about it. Uh, he's fairly certain there's going to be cement rubber, rumble strips next year uh, instead of these cheap, uh, obviously destructible metal ones. Well, they don't have, I mean, the only place they put concrete ones is on an actual road course, mm-hmm. you know, and this is far as i know the only road course race indy runs you know same with it's the exact same thing they put at daytona yeah charlotte uh, those aren't those those look like concrete they're not or they might they might have been a more of a um stronger material as far as i know they're the same thing all i know is they didn't 
you know, these guys were getting the splitters caught underneath it and tearing it up. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, but if you watch the Xfinity race, you saw somebody cut that corner and hit that big blue thing. That car was four foot off the ground. Yeah. And they removed that, was, that one. No, no, it was still there. They removed ah. the orange one that was on the outside of the track that Harvick and everybody hit. The one that was on the inside of the track, I don't remember who hit it in the Xfinity race, but that's the one Michael McDowell hit on the first overtime and, and, and had all the crashing. But that car in the Xfinity race, if that would have hit the uh, another a race car in the in the passenger side, that cage isn't built to take a hit like that. I mean, that could have been very serious. But, I mean, that car, all four tires off the ground, you know, looked like it was running motocross. Crazy. And the one on the other one was on the outside of the track and it was orange. That one they did take out. Okay. See, I, I thought the one that the guy hit on the Xfinity series was the one they looked at and they said, okay, well, we better remove that one. Well, if four cars hit it on the Xfinity series, all on the very first lap of the race, Harvick hit it and Harrison Burton. I don't remember who the other two were, but they were all airborne. You know, they looked like they went over a small whoopie doo, but they were trying to get turned and it was on the outside of the track. So they were going a lot less speed. That other guy that hit it was pretty much full bore. Mm -hmm. Now they had it there. So people wouldn't shortcut the turn. That's why that rumble strip was there, but it, I, you know, it was a launching pad. A whole crazy series of events, but let's talk about that last corner. Uh, McKenna's going to join us here in about five minutes. So I want to get this indie conversation wrapped up quickly. What did you see with that situation between Denny Hamlin and, and Austin Sindrick? Well, Austin Sendrick did what he was supposed to do, but he says he didn't know he was under penalty when he did it. Yeah. I, when I first his, saw it, I kind, of, defense. I kind of felt yeah. like Denny ran him off the rate road course. He ran him off the track. That's how I felt about it. And then kind of thinking about it later. And I'm like, well, NASCAR can't really decide to penalize if they felt like Denny ran him down there or not. I mean, either way, Chase has got to do a stop through. Did I say Austin Sendrick? I meant Chase Briscoe. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, but no, he, he shortcutted a section of the track. Yeah. That's the penalty to stop and go. Right. But he swears that they hadn't radioed him that. Well, every clip that I saw, they were telling him on the radio, the spotter told him, the crew chief told him, and everything else. He damn well knew he was under penalty before well, he had him. And come on, you're not under penalty. <laughs> Just cut the racetrack and retook the lead. <laughs> come on. I mean, I've been. I've never been a NASCAR driver, but I played plenty of road course races on PlayStation to know that's a penalty. You're, you're going to get a stop penalty. Just get it out of the way and get going again. And I, the uh, radio I heard was we got a penalty. They need us to stop in turn 10. And then uh, Austin came back on and said, which one is turn 10? And they said that one you just went through. It was a whole yeah, I mean, it was a mess. Afterwards, in the interview, he did not know he had, he swore he did not know he had a penalty. Yeah, and I said it again. It's not Austin Cindric, Dan. It, dang it, it's Chase Briscoe. But, uh, Chase, yeah, ended no, up, I, Chase ended up finishing 26th. And, you know, I, I don't know if you ever look at the running rundown of the uh, the stats, the, the post-race stat sheet, but, you know, it's running, accident, issue, whatever. His is just marked parked. It was parked on lap 94. So he was his, that final lap did not count for him. You know, but you and I have had this, a discussion. I, I'm going to bring this up, even though mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about it much. When Jeff Gordon got put in the playoffs because of the deal at Richmond several years ago and Clint Boyer spun out. Gordon in the playoffs because it was the right thing to do. Then they damn well should have given Denny Hamlin this win because nobody was going to beat him. Mm -hmm. And somebody that was That's... under a penalty kicked yeah. him out of the place. 
that's somebody that's 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 I'm an interesting thought. That's that's a good math thought. Consistent, but we know yeah. that don't happen. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not a I'm not a Hamlin home, so don't get don't don't even go there. So Almendinger gets the win, but he doesn't punch his ticket to the playoffs because he's not Cup Series uh, points eligible. But uh, still a great win for that organization. Uh, something that they will definitely uh, hold proud because uh, AJ was definitely a top three car. Hey, and AJ's married to a Nebraska gal. Yes. Uh, owner, is some, didn't she have something to do with the Alpine? No, no. Oh. They just went up there one time. She oh, was that's right. That's right. I went All to right. high school. I was a year behind in high school over dad. So let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk with McKenna Hassey. I'm finally getting it right. I'm trying to Hassie at least. Hassie. About Youth Racers of America. It's a Facebook group you need to follow today. It's a uh, Their Facebook page says they are they they provide camps, clinics, safety gear, and educational resources for youth race car drivers across the United States. And there's an event coming up in Lincoln that Jack Dover is going to be speaking at, that McKenna is going to be speaking at. And uh, let's see, Don Wickstrom is also going to be involved in the whole event. So a lot of really cool deals, a lot of really cool people being involved in this. And uh, it's going to be going on Thursday, August 26th at 6 o'clock. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk with McKenna to get more information about this. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Too quick to stick and lose. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. Time for a tailored computers and repair interview. We're going to be sitting down with uh, a driver we just discovered. It's Dirk, you'll probably remember this more than me, but I, I think it's been about two years since we've had McKenna on the show. I'm thinking the last time was when we were over at Newton and we talk to her and with her friends up camping at some lake over at the campfire at the camper the <laughs> campground oh, wow. that might have been and they were making s'mores and not giving us none i know <laughs> and we were weren't we, getting, weren't we getting stalked by a park ranger that wasn't real excited about us being around well that's because you parked on the grass oh that's right i, I parked illegally shocker <laughs> i forgot all about that yeah <laughs> it was either that or did we what did we talk did we have you on my memory i uh, you know what there was a a conversation about watching days of thunder i remember that that night but i do believe we had her on um over about a year and a half ago or a little longer before she was on uh ninja warrior show american ninja yeah yep yep shortly before that we had her on so that was probably the last time that's right well mckenna hassey joining us on the show today and uh, she's going to be right. I got it right. I'm excited. 
She never corrects me, which is always just a sign that she's so just way too nice. She's over uh, her teeth, though. <laughs> Youth Racers of America is an event that's going on. Uh, it's a national organization that's holding an event in Lincoln. It's going to be at uh, Southeast Community College at 8800 O Street in Lincoln on uh, next Thursday, August 26th. And uh, it looks like it's free for members to join. I think there's a $20 registration I saw. But uh, McKenna, let's start off by talking a little bit about what you've got going on over there. Yeah, so um, we've been hosting clinics through Youth Racers of America across the country for primarily youth race car drivers, but the program also supports kids that are new to racing and also teenagers that want to pursue a career path in motorsports. And so um, it's been really fun. We hosted a clinic in Knoxville this year that was a huge success. And basically kids come and go through different seminars like driving, safety, character, fitness, finance, sponsorship, um, pretty much any kind of racing topic. And they're taught by primarily professional race car drivers or just other professionals in the industry like safety crews or um or business people or that kind of thing and so uh, it's also great for the parents the parents also get to attend and they get to listen to different speakers themselves on the Mm -hmm. same topics but at a different level and so um, some of the clinics have on-track training where drivers can receive coaching from professional drivers and so we chose Lincoln because there's an uh, an outlaw show at I-80 the following night and so this is kind of a kickoff for the I-80 outlaw show and um yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it. So what, what actual day is the show or your, your seminar? Uh, so it's Thursday, August 26th at six o'clock at night. It's a dinner. Okay. Oh, okay. And it sounds kind of just like the way you're talking that you're a little more involved than just appearing. Are you organizing it or is this youth, uh, youth racers of America kind of your deal? It is technically, I just try to like not make it look like it's mine just because I want yeah. it to be something where the whole industry can come together and, give back to youth racing and youth uh, racing fans and just help grow the sport. And so I am technically in charge and um, kind of behind everything, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't want people to see it as mine just because I want it to be something that okay. everybody can take part in. So, well, we I definitely you- can't say you're large and in charge because that ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that you were doing the, the uh, compass racing for quite a while there. Yes, we still have compass racing development. Um, Basically, YRA uh, was an extension of that. And so with Compass, um, it's a user development program. And we have kind of our own primarily local team of kids um, that I helped develop. But uh, YRA was kind of more um, my approach to giving all professional drivers a way to support the next generation across all forms of motorsports. Cool. McKenna Hassey joining us on the show talking about Youth Racers of America once again. The uh, dinner is going on uh, Thursday, August 26th. That's next Thursday at Southeast Community College. Talk about some of the other people that are going to be involved in uh, speaking and, uh, and, and giving some information and some of the other drivers that are going to be there. Yeah, so we have um, Don Wickstrom coming. He's actually a Pikes Peak racer and has just a really inspiring story. He's a motivational speaker. And so He's going to be there speaking. And then um, on the sprint car side right now, we have me, Tony Rost, Matthew Stelzer, Jack Dover. And then we're planning on having um, at least one outlaw driver there. Um, Mm -hmm. We also have like team owners that are going to be there speaking on sponsorship and um, different professionals like that. And so 
uh, we do have a, a really good lineup and we're looking forward to it. Uh, and you'd mentioned one of my favorite things, um, dinner. <laughs> yes, and this, this is like, this is like a legit dinner because when we were planning this, I told everybody I wanted to have a dinner and they're like, oh, we could have like hot dogs and hamburgers. I'm like, no, I want it to be a dinner dinner. And so uh, you are in luck. Everybody's invited to come and enjoy this dinner. So we are having all kinds of pastas, um, salad, fruit, dessert, pizza. Um, drinks obviously so uh, the kids will have snack bags in addition so there will be plenty to eat so come and join well Dan's second question is it a cash bar oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) there will be plenty of fruit punch for the children (laughs) okay all right so I should hold off on drinking at the event uh I I mean you know probably yeah (laughs) all right it's it's always good to know these things going into it that way I don't make a complete fool of myself again I do that enough at the racetracks. Um, <laughs> just, just to help everybody, um, if they don't know where Southeast Community College is, it's just straight west of Eagle Raceway. You just stay on that highway and you're going to run right into the college. Okay. All right. Uh, so again, next Thursday, August 26th, starting at six o'clock, uh, the flyer says ages five to 16. That's kind of who you're going to be catering for as far as uh, the youth racers that are going to be getting these tips and tricks. Yes. So the, yep, the ages are five to 16, but those are separated into age groups of um, five to eight, nine to 12 and 13 to 16. And so um, if you have a kid that's like really young or on the older side of that, um, their curriculum will be tailored to their age and they will be in a group of kids their age. And so we don't want anybody to not sign up thinking that they're too old or too young because we're definitely going to cater it to those specific ages. And then also since it is at the community college, like they will be doing um, just some sharing for the older kids about career paths in the automotive field and that kind of thing. And so definitely come out if you're um, looking to go into something like that. Once again, talk with McKenna, McKenna Hassey, driver of the, uh, of a sprint car throughout the area. I know you're uh, active uh, racing over at uh, Knoxville for the, um, for the nationals again, talk a little bit about how that went. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it was our first nationals. Um, I actually came into the deal without a, a crew. And so I um, hired a few guys just for the nationals and they did a really great job um, jumping in there. And, um, you know, overall, I I thought our performance was like, we qualified really great um, both times we were top 10. And then I had a really great heat win on the hard knocks night. So that was really good. We started 12th in the A main for that night. Um, Struggled in that feature. Like I definitely, we missed the setup on that. Um, which put us in the C main for Saturday, which is still good for like our first run. I, yeah. I think we yeah. could have made the B if we had some different setup calls there, but uh, we were in the C and uh, quite honestly, like just struggled in the C. And so, um, I don't know, it was, it definitely had like some good things, some bad things. I mean, just to survive the week was great, not tear anything up, you know, that's always a positive. So overall for our first nationals, it was a pretty good run, um, but we learned a lot and uh, hopefully next year we can, you know, kind of keep doing the good things well and then improve on those things that we learned still living in indy yes i still live in indy so how's that going (laughs) it's good i mean it's definitely racing capital of the world like it's really great to be so close to just all the different uh racing things and i mean i work five minutes from indianapolis motor speedway so um that's awesome just to get to leave work sometimes and drive five minutes and catch an event at the speedway is always great and um yeah, just there's so many people there to like work with and learn from. Um, mm-hmm. 
it is different in general though just from living in Iowa like there's definitely things I miss about home and I mean it's hard like moving out there alone and trying to establish a new life like that's never easy and um it's been a challenging journey but it's definitely been worth it so so different things like in India you're talking about how like they probably have like running water uh, as to <laughs> in some places in Iowa, that's a struggle. <laughs> oh man, they definitely have awful traffic. I can't stand oh, that part of it. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, crazy, careless drivers on the interstate. So that's um, that's not good either. But um, you know, yeah, it's definitely. I was very down to earth. Like uh, I always laugh because in Iowa, you pull up at like a stop sign, like a four way, and people would be like, "You go, no, you go, no, you go," and like. <laughs> everyone's trying to be too nice (laughs) yes and in indy everybody's just like running each other over so (laughs) uh that's definitely different and indy just feels bigger um and i mean obviously i lived in iowa for 22 years as well so like even just on the business side of things like i had established really good connections here and like really gotten to grow some roots here with my relationships and uh, moving to Indy, that's hard, like, especially with the city and just the way it's set up like Indy is a very big sports community like there's a lot of pro sports teams there and just like a lot going on and so it's kind of hard to break through the clutter sometimes and like meet people and build relationships but um overall it's been good that's got to be really cool to be I mean you've you've obviously spent a lot of time at Knoxville which was a you know a mecca for sprint car racing and now you're right next to a mecca for IndyCar racing and one of the most noticeable or recognizable racetracks in all the world and and now you know you you could probably translate a little bit of that from Knoxville into Indy. Yeah. I mean, um, Indy like is really home to just like all forms of racing. Like that's been the cool part. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like Knoxville is definitely a big deal, but once you get out there, like you just realize like how many, I don't know that it's just so much more vast, I guess. And there's just so many, you're just exposed to so many more people in racing and so many different kinds of racing. And, um, and that's just been the best part for me is like, I've spent time in indie car shops NHRA shops, um, like obviously any kind of, of dirt car shops. So, uh, it's just great to make connections across the different, um, sides of the industry. And even like with the work we're doing with this foundation and that kind of thing, and just, um, motorsports initiatives in general, like it's just really expanded things for me. And I'm very grateful for everything that like I learned at Knoxville over the years, but, um, I love racing as a whole and like just to be submersed in all different kinds of it has been really good. So Dirk, you got anything for McKenna before we let her get on with her evening? I was just going to ask her if she gets out to the small track much. I don't know if it's Lucas oil raceway park now or still O'Reilly raceway park. I mean, it was IRP the last time I was there. So, Oh yeah. I've been out there. Um, I was out there for like the silver crown race, midget race, SRX race. So yeah, I, that's been really cool. That's the other thing is like, like I said, there's just, all these racetracks like right there um and like you don't even realize how lucky you are sometimes to get to just like I said leave work and just go to whatever racetrack and you never know who you might meet you know and um it's just a very unique experience Uh, when I worked uh the truck series I loved working at that track and that was a a one-day show for us we'd open up and start setting up at four in the morning and we'd be leaving about four the next morning so it was a long day, but I always thought the race in there was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. McKenna Hassey, driver of the 55 Sprint Car and uh, going to be involved in the event. The Youth Racers of America, once again, going on next Thursday, August 26th, starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, 
it's open to everybody, but uh, and it's a great opportunity for young people who are interested in getting into racing to kind of understand what's in front of them. And then those that are already involved in it, tips and tricks for being able to uh, increase sponsorship, responsibilities, race teams, finances, um, business side of it, all that kind of fun stuff. Did, did I put that in a nutshell correctly? Yeah, no, I think that sounds great. Like to register, just go to youthracersofamerica.com, uh, click on the camps and clinics tab. And uh, like you said, it's free to register. Um, we just ask for a $20 donation at the door for the whole family. And that gets you dinner t-shirt, goodie bag, tumbler, any prizes that you might win, which are all fairly high dollar prizes. So uh, lots of good stuff. And we hope to see everybody there. Is it casual address or does Dan have to rent a tux? (laughs) Definitely casual. (laughs) Uh, I like the business casual look. I'll probably show up like that. If that's all right with you. Sounds perfect. All right. The suit thing just doesn't work for me at all. (laughs) (laughs) McKenna, it's always great talking to you. Sorry that it took so long to get you back on the show. Uh, thanks a lot for, for uh, scheduling this so quickly and, and take time out of your night to chat with us. Yeah, thank you guys for um, having me on and for helping promote this event. I appreciate it. Of course, thanks. Have a great one. Thank you again. You thanks, too. Bye. Once again, big thanks to McKenna Hassey for joining us on the show. Uh, always great to talk to her. And, and Dirk, I think I've talked about it probably too many times. I, I don't think I'll ever stop being impressed with how put together that young lady is. Be very polished. Yeah, very, very good. And it makes total sense that she's putting this organization together because and, and helping to execute this because there are so many drivers out there that are sponsorable but are just terrible at understanding what they need to do and how to go do it. And, you know, I'm looking at a picture of Jack Dover, who is obviously an incredibly talented driver, but he's really good at going and getting sponsorship dollars and then taking care of his drivers. So it's great that she's having him speak. And I hope to heck I get to come to this thing. Cause that's that, that would be awesome just to see that whole event and to see how it all unfolds. And, and I'd always love to pay 20 bucks just to have a nice dinner. So. Yeah. And in, in all honesty, she should probably go ahead. You know, I, I know she's aiming this, you know, for the younger kids, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people over 20 that could use her information. Right. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in the next uh, turn and we're going to chat with Cole Wayman, driver of the number 18W Sportmont and the number three, Dan Jackson Motorsports, bragging right late model throughout the area. We're going to talk to him about defending his Eagle Raceway Track Championship and sitting down in a late model. And then we're going to come back in turn number four. We're going to talk a little bit of news and notes, get you set for the races to come over the next couple of days. And uh, before we get back to the recording next week, you're putting out another show and we'll get you set for Michigan on Sunday. Hang tight. We'll be right back. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Feather the brake and get back to the gas. Dan and Dirk are headed into turn three on the front stretch. Front stretch podcast interview. We're finally getting this one out of the way. It's been way too long since we've done an interview. I think it's been like three shows in a row, and that's way too long for me. So finally got sat down with Cole Wayman, driver of the number 18W Sport Mounted Eagle Raceway throughout the area, and of the number three Dan Jackson Motorsports, Bragger Night Late Model at I-80 Speedway. Cole, let's start off. Uh, this might seem a little bit like deja vu because I kind of forgot to hit the record button. 
Dirk knows all about that. I've done that a couple of times with some big some big name drivers. But uh, talk about that sport mod and, and how everything's been going for you. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, we actually started out the year at Beatrice at the Spring Nationals with a big win. Uh, that was the biggest win in my sport mod career. Um, after that, we've been just racing pretty much Eagle Weekly uh, with the late model stuff on Fridays. Haven't had much time to go anywhere else with work and stuff. It's been pretty good. We've been super consistent. Uh, a lot of top fours, a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds, just no wins here at Eagle yet. Uh, it's been a tough season at Eagle. You know, there's there's 20 cars in the field every night that can win the feature, it feels like. And, you know, when you, i got to start 10th or 12th or 11th or even further back, you know, it's hard, it's hard to get up there. And sometimes the track's different. Um, sometimes there's a cushion. Sometimes it's around the bottom. And it feels like the nights where it's around the bottom, it's hard to pass anybody. But And, oh. and just... Bite sport mod uh, reputation, there's a lot of times at Eagle, it goes green-white checkered, and that is hard to come from that far back in the field and pick up a win when you don't have an opportunity to stack the field back up. Yeah, and I think with Eagle getting, you know, a minimum of usually 40 sport mods, it's pretty impressive they can go without a caution in the features because yeah. the sport mod classes all around, they uh, are by far, probably have some of the most cautions at any other or class, but... Yeah, it's been a tough season in the sport mod deal, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I, I probably should focus on the sport mod a little bit more than I have been. But, you know, we're, we're still trying. We're up there in points, and I guess that's what really matters for us. Yeah, talk a little bit about those points. After Saturday night's race, you got two more feature nights, uh, two more points-paying nights left before the championship wraps up. And you've got about, a, I think, an eight- or nine-point uh, deficit to Sean Harker. That's going to be tough to overcome with a guy like Sean in front of you. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to have to race hard and try and beat him, you know. Uh, I can only pray that he has a DNF or a bad finish one night, but, uh, you know, John Harker, he's consistent. He's good. He's been doing it for a long time, longer than I've been alive. Um, but uh, it's been a lot of fun so far, and we race each other hard every night. Like tonight, he raced me hard. I race him hard. We race clean, and uh, that's what makes it fun. You know, even if we're not battling for a win, it's still fun to race clean. Uh, so overcoming that, uh, the tough thing with overcoming a deficit like that it's doable. It's been done in the past, but it's just really tough because you almost have to have Sean have a bad night. You're consistently up front. You're consistent. You've been talking about top five, top threes. But if Sean finishes fourth, one, two, three spots behind you, that's not nearly enough to be able to lock up this championship. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, like I said, he's going to have to have a DNF to make it, you know, really doable for us. But uh, we're still trying. And, you know, Sean, he's a consistent racer as well. So uh, I know if. If I'm in third, he's either right on my tail or he's in front of me. So, uh, yeah, we're always racing. We're always close to each other. Um, but that's what makes it fun for the fans and all the drivers. And it's – I think the other thing I've really come to respect about Sean Harker is you guys can race so close to each other, but you've got to I – mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to race you dirty. It's going to run you up the wall, run you up the track. He's a pretty clean racer. Yeah, you know, just like every racer. I've, I've had my moments with Sean, but uh, – you know, this year it's been pretty good. There's been like one or two races where, you know, we've kind of gotten into each other. But uh, recently it's been super clean, and, uh, you know, that's what makes it fun for me. Uh, you know, if I have damage on my car, I know he usually does too. And <laughs> I know he knows just as well as I do. It ain't fun having yeah. to do body damage every right. single week. But right. uh, that's just racing, and it'll happen. Again, talking with Cole Wayman, driver the number 18W for the Sport Mods, working on defending his track championship at Eagle Raceway. You've also kind of turned your attention a little bit to the Bragg and Wright late model down the road at I-80 Speedway on Friday nights. 
Thanks to Dan Jackson who put you into that car at the beginning of the season. Talk a little bit about that, how that's been going for you. Yeah, we started out the year, and the first night out, uh, we didn't even make one lap. Um, and that's how we kind of thought our season was going to go. But next night it turned around real quick, and we've only had one DNF on a points night because of a blown motor, and we finished uh, in the top four in every single crate race so far with one win and uh, a lot of good consistent finishes, having to start towards the back. And, you know, on those half miles with those 604 crates, it's tough to gain positions without yellows. Uh, once you get spread out, it's hard to gain. But, uh, yeah, it's been a good season so far, and uh, it's been fun. I I've been very impressed with the way you've been able to take to that car. Some guys – when they switch classes, they struggle with getting the motion of the car, getting the feel in the corners. You've taken to it like a duck to water. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. You know, there's there's no time to really waste when it comes to any sort of race for me. Uh, if I can't figure it out within the first couple laps, then you know something's you know something's wrong somewhere, and we got to figure out what's going on. But uh, it's been a fun transition, and I've definitely put a lot of focus to the late model racing. Uh, I work on the car quite a bit, you know. And I'm hoping that it transitions into a super late model here before long. Yeah, you guys have been running a little bit with the Supers. I remember you mentioned uh, that you raced two races with the Supers with your uh, limited engine. And now you guys have got not really a super engine, but something kind of in between. Yeah, uh, just an all-steel engine that we had laying around. And it's worked out pretty good. We run eighth with it. I think we're better than eighth, but uh, it's just part of super late model racing. You know, there's some times where a guy will win and he'll finish 10th or 11th the next night. That's why I like late model racing, though. Uh, it's a lot harder to be real consistent in it. And it seems like the racing's just, you know, it's always a different winner, it seems yeah. like. And that's what makes it fun for me because you just never know. I, been th I, was, I think the thing that impressed me the most, uh, I don't know if you've heard me talk about it or not, but <laughs> the fact that I'm going to keep making these jokes that people don't quite understand because we did an entire interview before this and I forgot to hit the record button. So <laughs> I'm going to keep making these jokes just to make fun of myself. But... Uh, the way you've taken it this car has been really impressive because I remember the first time I watched like you and Jesse Sabin going at it for a couple of laps in, uh, when he, he was racing that Braggonite late model, and he played a couple of tricks on you to try to get the spot, and it didn't seem to rattle you at all. He ended up getting by you, but then a couple laps later, you kind of followed him and learned, and then you started playing those same tricks back to him. Yeah, uh, like I told you before, a guy like Jesse Sobbing in his interviews, he says he's there to win, and he's always attacking to win. And so a guy like that, I want him to know that I'm there to win too. Uh, you know, I never wanted to be think that someone, you know, has it easy. And it's been fun racing as Jesse. We've raced each other super clean, um, and it's been fun learning from him too. You know, I can watch him, follow him sometimes, and uh, gain some speed just by watching him and following him on the track. But, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Cole Wayman, driver the number 18W for the Sport Mod. What are your plans for the Sport Mod for the rest of the year? Uh, it's in the air still. we got to finish Eagle out yet. And uh, once we're done with this, for the points and the late model uh, weekly race, and we're just going to kind of get a schedule together for both late model and the Sport Mod and hit as many races as we can, I guess. Uh, probably a couple of specials around Nebraska. Might go into Iowa. Who knows? Um, it's so undecided with how busy things get after race season yeah. is over. Yeah. And it's once that those weekly points end, you're kind of like, you know, maybe a night off wouldn't be a bad thing. Just kind of chill at home, go out with some, you know, we have these things called friends that are outside the race community that they like to go out on Friday and Saturday nights. You're stuck at a racetrack. But uh, plans for the uh, Bragg and Wright late model, the Dan Jackson number three. Yeah, we got two, uh, two or three crate races left. Um, and then I know there's a couple super shows that we might hit. We just got to see what happens. Uh, 
Got to kind of figure out a motor deal, you know, for those races. See if we can get something going, get something in the works, and kind of get our feet wet for next year. Uh, we'd like to go super late model racing next year, but, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment to get that done. But we're going to try everything we can to get it done. You got a lot of great sponsors on the side of this uh, 18W Sport Mod. Let's make sure to thank them. Yeah, uh, Theron Ullman, Modern Real Estate, Brooklyn's Hair and Replacement, Classic Wood, Baker's Gutter Services, Uribe Refuge, Jet Racing Chassis, uh, my mom and dad for everything. Uh, my dad gets, you know, most of the maintenance done on this car while I work on the late model during the week. Uh, my mom gets all the consumables and everything I need to go racing. Uh, Steve Hatfield and Steve Devitt for coming out and helping me every week. Uh, you know, those guys have been a lot of help this year, especially when I've gotten some body damage in the heat races. Uh, and that's about it. All right, and if you're looking to uh, sponsor a, a talented young man that wants to get uh, up into the higher, upper divisions like a super late model, what's the best way to reach out to you if anybody's got some sponsorship dollars I'm going to throw your way? Yeah, uh, Facebook, uh, Cole Wayman on Facebook. I'm always on Facebook. You can message me on there or, uh, you know, ask me for my number, call me. We can talk, you know, set up a time to talk. Anything works. You can come talk to me at the races. I'm always at the races, so. All right, man. Appreciate the time again. Thanks a lot for doing a second interview, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Hope you, uh, you're able to defend the track championship here at Eagle, and can't wait to see you uh, challenge him for a championship on the Super Late Model Series. Yeah, thank you. We're going to give it all we got. Cole Wayman, again, driver of the 18W at Eagle Raceway in the Sport Mod. We'll be back on the front stretch. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. It's checkers or wreckers as we enter turn four on the front stretch. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Welcome back to the front stretch. Just about ready to wrap this baby up. Turn number four brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Dirk, Thursday night was an absolutely gorgeous night to be down. Uh, wait a minute. I don't talk past tense anymore. I tell you, it's I am having such a difficult time switching to... The, the verbiage because for so long we've had to word things past tense even though they're future to us well, i'm just recording. glad you're making up all these new words <laughs> the I'm verbiage like, I'm, verbiage is not a word verbiage oh, no. verbiage is it's i give it a couple of years webster will add it i've always <laughs> felt might. like <laughs> but well, an absolutely Maybe that's part of a bonics, and I just missed yeah. it. I don't know. <laughs> it's Red Oak. That's what it is. It's Red Oak. Uh, Thursday night, 88 degrees for a high, 73 for a low. It's going to be an absolutely beautiful night for classic car cruising. Get out to Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, best food in town. I will fight anybody on that. I'm, I'm a foodie myself, and there are it, there's at least once a month where I just say, 
I got to get back to Quaker steak and have myself something, you know, whether it's a jacked up BLT, it's the Mac daddy skillet, it's the pizza, it's the wings, it's the steaks, it's the burgers. It's even the biker chick salad. I got no problem eating a biker chick salad. Cause that salad oh, is amazing. Salad. I love that salad. It, and by the way, just the, the, the Chris, the, the owner of Quaker steak, let me in on this little secret too. He said, don't eat that salad because you think that you're going to uh, lose a little bit of weight or, or be healthy because there's nothing healthy about that salad. Oh, there's plenty healthy, <laughs> you know, canceled by the dressing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're eating a uh, grilled chicken breast, you're eating strawberries, um, I think there's cranberries on there, pecans, uh, mandarin oranges, but you got about 6,000 calories of dressing on there. So, but it's yeah, good. Absolutely. It's good All right. We're going to talk a couple of uh, news and notes just to get everybody set for uh, everything that's happened in the area. But let's kick it off with NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR announced this week all playoff teams will have colored windshield banners, spoilers, lower noses. Um, wait a minute and lower noses for the Xfinity and truck series events. So they kind of did it last year where it was a little bit easier to spot which cars are in the playoffs and which aren't. And that's basically what they're going to do again. Correct. Uh, nothing really crazy there. Uh, NASCAR and Inter uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway discussing curbing issues uh, that popped up during the race. So no. Yeah. Scott Miller said, obviously that thing had deteriorated after the last big wreck quite substantially there was no way that we could justify leaving it like it was without removing it there was some debate and obviously it uh, had to come out as if we were going to continue apparently there was conversation that if they were not able to remove that strip that they were just going to cancel the race they were that's, not interested well, that's in letting, what they should have done yeah plain and simple they just should have they were four laps from the end i think uh, um when they finally got to when they finally threw another green flag yeah because they were red for about an hour, I think. It was quite a while. But, yeah, they just should have gone ahead at that point and thrown the checkers and actually counted the last lap where they were at and been done with it. You know, because yeah. they, what they destroy? Nine cars on that thing? Oh, it was, that was carnage. Just they had a big, they had the big one at a road course. That's impressive. <laughs> Only NASCAR could do that. Absolutely. Uh, so big changes coming for the road course next year. I expect we're going to see that race stay there for quite a while, uh, at least for a couple of years, right? Oh, well, I figure they probably contracted for probably three yeah. as far as the road course. And I won't be surprised at the end of that three if they're going to. I'm sure they're going to keep Indy on the schedule. So I think it'll go back to the oval. Oh, God, I really hope it doesn't. Well. I, I, I think the viewership, and I mean, I don't know how many people I saw on Facebook, you know, and uh, just commenting on the fact that, you know, I hated the Indy race, but I hate road course more, you know. Yeah, you yeah know? and it's it's unfortunate because I like road courses, but I, I think this is this is a prime example of there is actually too much of a good thing. Like now NASCAR fans are just tired of the road courses. We had a really, really good thing with with the uh, with with Watkins Glen in Sonoma. We added Charlotte. Okay, things went good there. That's probably hindsight where we should have stopped. Well, and maybe Daytona, you know, because they added Daytona without any problems. But now, you know, they've got, they're doing it at Indy. And I was a proponent. Let's try this at Indy. Let's yeah. see what happens. And now I'm like, screw this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did not yeah. like the Circuit of the Americas in Texas. I did not like that race. Um I don't like the track. I'm not a huge uh, 
Road America fan either, but the race there was respectable. But uh, yeah, this this race was terrible. Yep. <clears throat> no one ever for it. Uh, Ryan Newman is uncertain of his 2022 plans. As we talked about, Ryan Newman, driver of the number six at Roush Fenway Racing, is going to be replaced by Brad Kozlowski, who's coming in as a driver, part owner of uh, Roush Fenway Racing, and Brad's going to be taking over the number six. I think we talked about it last week or the week before that. Really, there might be a chance that they're able to put together some sponsorships for uh, Ryan to run a partial schedule. But Ryan says uh, regarding 2021, I really don't know. I'd be interested in running a full-time full-time with the right team and the right people, but I don't know where that is available. And just like with Matt Benedetto, the tough thing that Ryan is going to have on his uh, going against him, Ryan may be a, yeah, the tough thing that Ryan's going to have is available seats. Well, and let's face it, his career the last couple of years hasn't been exactly fantastic. You know, I think his last win was when he was with Haas, Stuart Haas. Yeah, uh, I don't, he didn't, I think he snuck one out at, at Roush. I'll, I'll look it up as you're talking, but he, definitely he's um, struggled. I, I mean, he's just, he's getting older and, and I, I don't expect him. Um, I, I think he's just at the twilight of his career, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not going to get a top tier right. That's not going to happen. And it won't happen in Xfinity because of his age. You don't think you know, so? No, you got Matt Benedetto sitting there that's a lot younger. Yeah, and a lot more sponsorable. A lot. Well, Newman's got plenty of sponsors in his pocket. You know, that's not a, that's not going to be an issue. But he's still not going to get a top tier right. Yeah, it just ain't going to happen. They, there's none out there. You know, everything's taken up. We talked about that with Matty D last week. If Matty D wants to stay in Cup, he's going to be you know, driving for a Rick Ware type deal or, you know, something like that, he's not going to have a top tier ride. And I don't think Newman will take a ride like that. I really don't, but you never know. Uh, last win for Ryan Newman was in the 31 car for Richard Childress Racing. Oh, that he was. Okay. That can't be right. 2017. Was the race at Phoenix? Yeah. 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 That's the race I was thinking of, okay. but I thought he was still with Stuart Haas then. Okay. Yeah, he backdoored on a kind of a fuel mileage race deal. Okay. So there we go. We got that information out of the way. But yeah, trouble for Matty or for uh, the trouble with Matt Benedetto is sponsorship issue and available rides. I think the issue with Ryan Newman, while he probably has some sponsors that would follow him, uh, it's available rides in age. So there's, it's like when, when you, where, where Ryan Newman picks up for, he also loses one. But the biggest, the common, the common issue is, is going to be the, the available ride. And we're getting down to the season that unless something is brewing and, and somebody big is going to get kicked out of their ride or uh, there's going to be a big shakeup, I, I think we're pretty much seeing a solidified uh, roster for 2022. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much done as far as, uh, you know, Gibbs and uh, uh, Penske and Hendrick. I mean, all that stuff's all done. The top tier rides are done. Stuart Haas is done. Um, the only the only thing that might open up for Ryan and God forbid would be somebody getting hurt. Yeah. And it happens, you know. It, yeah, it does. Absolutely. But you know, hope that doesn't happen. I, you know, I don't think he wants to get a ride that way, that's for sure. You know, but uh yeah, that would kind of be his one thing. We need a driver with a lot of experience right now. Right. Newman. So uh get the oh let's see. Uh let's see. Eric Jones hopes to return to Richard Petty uh, Motorsports next season. 
Uh, Bob Pockers reports that Eric Jones feels that a deal to remain with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports next season is close to being finalized. Yeah, the one thing I, I don't think he's going to get given the ownership chance that Bubba Wallace was shown. No, no. Not yet, anyway. If he if, if he can just, there was no improvement there. I thought they were going to improve a little bit between, because I think he's got more talent than Bubba does. Mm-hmm. But, and he still might, but, you know, that team's still a 20-ranked a, a team, you know, 20-whatever. You yeah. know, they're not in the top 20 yet. Right so. around the 20th place. Uh, local news, uh, US 30 Speedway announced the 25th annual uh, Abe Lincoln Memorial has a, a slight schedule change. Friday, September 17th, they've added race saver sprint cars to the schedule. So Friday the 17th is going to include hobbies, stock cars, sport mods, sprint cars in the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association, hot laps at 7 with racing at 8 o'clock. And then on Saturday, day number two of the Abe Lincoln Memorial, hot laps at three, racing at four. So they're getting started early and they're going to include hobby stocks, stock cars, sport mods, late models, modifieds, and the good old time racing association. Uh, More information can be found at um, US 30's Facebook page, but uh, that might be a fun one. I think that one, I don't believe I worked that night. What, the 17th? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I've got a bunch of high school stuff going on that weekend at homecoming, and it's the 50th anniversary of the school and all kinds of crap. So I'll go to a football game and watch them lose and probably go watch people get stupid drunk and brag about 40 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. I am off that night. We were, uh, I'm at I-80 for the uh, Lucas Oil, excuse me, for the Dirt Track Bank Go 50 on Wednesday, the 15th. But I'm off, not working on Friday, and Eagle is done at that time. So I might be able to get down there and go do some, go watch uh, my first race at US 30 Speedway. Well, the next day, we better have credentials for Knoxville. Oh, man. Is that the late model nationals? Yeah, but that's the 18th. That's Saturday. So I could could go, I could go Friday to to US 30 and then drive over Saturday for the late model nationals. Yeah, I mean, we always make it a Saturday trip, so it's yeah. not we're going to miss anything on Thursday yeah. or Friday over there. So, yep, yep. Chris Krug tried to give me the hard sell. Oh, you got to come over on Wednesday for the late model nationals and and be there on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I'm like, man, no. <laughs> There's... Wednesday we're going to be at I-80 for the Lucas Oil. Yeah. yeah, well, cars, you so. know, you know, Chris, <laughs> he he forgets some things, but no, it's he uh... a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, uh, Friday the 17th, Hobby Stocks, Stock Car Sport Mods, Race Saver Sprint Cars, and Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Racing starts at 8 o'clock, hot laps at 7 o'clock. Then Saturday the 18th, hot laps are at 3. Racing is at 4, including uh, which features stock cars, hobby stocks, sport mods, late models. It just says late models. It doesn't say supers or, uh, or limited late models, so it just says I, I, late models. I think their weekly is, is limited. You know what? As I say that, that would be pretty dumb for them to do a super late model race on the same night as the Knoxville Nationals. So I would bet it would be their their limited late model series. Well, yeah, um, because the SLMR is having their invitational over there. Yeah. So modifieds are also on the bill along with the Good Old Time Racing Association. Again, that's the uh, Abe Lincoln Memorial at uh, US 30 Speedway. Uh, the Nebraska Dirt Crown kicking off not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday, August 29th at I-80 Speedway. 
It's uh, the rescheduled, 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 or just two rescheduled? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just two rescheduled. So they're going to be Sunday, August 29th at IED Speedway, Tuesday, August 31st at Thayer County Speedway, and then Thursday, September 2nd at US 30. Uh, they made a big announcement on their Facebook page that an anonymous sponsor has stepped up, added more money to the purse. Modifieds are going to pay 2000 to win. Stock cars are going to pay 2000 to win. Sport Modifieds are going to pay 1500 to win, and that's going to be the Thursday edition of the Nebraska Dirt Crown at US 30 Speedway on September 2nd. Flow Racing is going to be covering all the action on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Sun Flow Racing Summer Speed Week presented by Herbster Angus Farms kicks off Sunday, August 29th. So yeah, it is uh, Flow Racing is going to have the racing is going to have all the uh, the play by play on that. That's uh, again the Nebraska Dirt Crown kicking off Sunday, August 29th, continuing at Thayer County Speedway Tuesday, August 31st, and then. Uh, the US 30 Speedway on Thursday, September 2nd. Which is also the start of the 305 Nationals. Right. That Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's test and tune night with the racing starting on Friday and Saturday. And I think the Jake Ida Memorial Race of Champions is on that uh, Thursday also. Right. That's correct. It, or it always has been. I haven't yeah. seen the schedule. I don't know why they change it. but Yeah. Uh, they've kind of messed around with what night that is on, and uh, I, I think it worked out really well. They had an issue because they used to run it on the Friday, the kickoff to the big three days of qualifying, uh, or the big, you know, the Friday, Saturday qualifying, and then Sunday, last chance qualifying. Um, they used to do it on that Friday, but there was so many races with all the sprint cars there that the track was basically just locked down and was not a very good race. So now they moved it to the Thursday, and uh, I think it worked out a lot better for them. Yeah. Speaking of Eagle Raceway, uh, did you you got to talk about um, or you got did you get to watch the video of the uh, the uh, school bus demolition derby that happened a few weeks back? I I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of you know just skipped through it, but uh, yeah, demolition derby was quite appropriate. Yeah, well, which, and the guys were out there having fun. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, apparently they were told please don't destroy the school buses. We, we want to do this again if it's a success. And some of the drivers didn't quite get that memo. because <laughs> yeah, didn't quite figure that out. Well, they yeah. should have made them put a deposit on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would have stopped Jordan Grabowski from putting uh, Kyle Van over into the wall like he did. Uh, well, it was such a success that it is making a uh, abrupt triumphant return this Saturday at Eagle Raceway. Uh, Lincoln Turtle Star, excuse me, the Lincoln Stars and Coors Lighter presenting the High Bank Thunder uh, featuring the school bus demolition derby after the races. Uh, the drivers are going to be involved. Jackson Sadoff, Cole Wayman, Cade Richards, Nate Thompson, and Mike Densberger. Uh, Jackson Sadoff, Nate Thompson, and Mike Densberger all Modified drivers, Cade Richards is a stock car driver, and I believe he also races a sport mod from time to time. Uh, and then Cole Wayman, your uh, sport mod driver, who we just talked to, actually. He didn't know at the time that we did the interview that he was going to be involved in that, but well, wanted he, to get that he, out there. He might have known. I think this all materialized earlier this week. Oh, okay. Well. I literally, like, I, I, nobody mentioned anything to me about it because they would have told me to talk about it on Saturday. Uh, being last Saturday at the races. And I, like I said, I think this all materialized last minute and uh, is going to be, uh, that was so much fun to watch that. I, I can't wait to do this again. 
cannot wait. To, when is that going to happen then? This coming Saturday. I need to call Racine and see if they need any help. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, I've got. You know what? Uh, if uh, I've got tickets to the races, if you want to come. Yeah, I mean, uh, I might have to do that. I still got to go out and get paid for this past weekend. I always oh, yeah. go out and shop or the office and okay. talk to her out there. So I've got just because I get I get a couple of tickets with uh, every payday. Uh, I've got some free tickets to the races. So if, if you want to go, just let me know. I'll, I'll put your name, put them on your name, put your name on them and put them at the will call window. Yeah, I might just do that. It's gonna be definitely going to be worth it. Uh, one other thing from the NASCAR world, uh, Daniel Suarez says Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is his quote. It was embarrassing. The lack of respect on the track today, literally like dumb kids driving bumper cards. We're supposed to be professionals. And today we showed everything, but that <laughs> I got a kick right. out of, I got a kick out of that statement because a lot of times we like to pick these apart and say, oh, it's just a driver being a driver. You know, they're overreacting. They didn't like their finish. What are you got to, he, he kind of nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's one thing about him is I like it when he says something, I, he's kind of like the foreign Brad K. You yeah, know, yeah there's no filter on the dude. And I like it better when he's quoted. Uh, Cause I can understand what he said. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I like listening to him talk because yeah, I mean, he's got a heavy accent, Yeah, but uh, he picks and chooses his words very carefully. You know, I bet, if, I bet, I bet his interviews would be fantastic if we spoke Hispanic, you know, Mexican, Spanish, whatever the actual language is from Mexico, you know, uh, I bet his, they, they speak Spanish. I mean, he's, uh, whatever. That's what I said. I, I don't know what technically <laughs> what you call that language. Obviously, I don't Mexican. Either. I mean, I, I don't know, but he's very polished. He's smart. Yeah, so Daniel Suarez, a very well-spoken guy, and uh, uh, I think he, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, nailed it on the head. Uh, absolutely nailed it on the head with that. All right, let's talk about some of the, uh, let's talk about the races this time last year at Michigan. Dirk, you may remember, uh, doubleheader weekend as we were making up some races. Yep, the COVID doubleheader weekend with only one winner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was not uh, the fans. I'm not a big fan of Michigan. I think it's too big of a track, too fast of a track. It, it just doesn't put on a lot of good racing. And, and, and this is going to be the race, one of the races that, that the haters are going to be able to turn to and say NASCAR is boring. And this is one of the few times a year I agree with them because it's an aero-dependent track. Uh, they'll, they're going to try to build it up and say everybody wants to win at this racetrack because it's manufacturer's backyard with Ford and Chevy. But let's face it, everybody wants to win at every track. This is no different, um, but I'm, I'm just not a big fan of this racetrack. Well, actually, the biggest thing at this track, and uh, Arrow is big, but um, fuel mileage is always big at this track. Oh, yeah. wasn't this the one that Brad Keselowski was able to go like an extra 10 laps past what they thought he was going to be able to go? I was thinking that was Kansas, but uh, he was the one that developed the turn the engine off deal through the turns and just coast and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's been several fuel mileage races, one at uh, Michigan. Well, Dirk kind of so. talked a little bit about it. Kevin Harvick got the win on Saturday, August 8th for the first of the two races at Michigan that weekend. Led four different times for 92 laps, one stage one, one stage two. Uh, you know, Dirk kind of, one thing kind of stands out to me a little bit. It's a 161 lap race. Um, so they must have gone into overtime a little bit. 
but because um, that seems like an odd number of laps. Am I off on that? My, do, you, do you remember that at all? My guess, they must have done overtime, but they'd shortened the race from 200 laps because of the double header. Okay. Uh, so one stage one, one stage two, but he only led 92 of the 161 laps. Uh, I guess I kind of figured he would have won. He would have led closer to like 120, but he didn't. Uh, 92 laps got it done. And again, perfect points on the day, 60 points. Brad Kay brought it home in second. Martin Church Jr. in third. Denny Hamlin, excuse me, Ryan Blaney in fourth. Kyle Busch in fifth. Denny Hamlin, sixth. Elliott, seventh. Logano, eighth. Wallace, ninth. And Kurt Busch, your top 10. Nobody really, excuse me, outside of the top 20 that you would expect to be in the top 20 nobody had a really bad day uh that you would excuse me all of a sudden the water i'm drinking is trying to come back up uh what i'm trying to say is that nobody in the in the playoffs or you know your top 15 top 20 had a bad day for the saturday at michigan since when do you call whiskey water well i have to go pick up sarah because i still don't have my truck back after the accident a month ago so i have to go pick her up at work so i couldn't drink Uh trust me it's killing me Oh man! They came back on Sunday, and Kevin Harvick, boy, the wheels just fell off this thing. Only led ninety laps, Dirk. Ninety laps, couldn't even get a top five in the first stage. He ended up finishing eighth. Pitiful performance. Okay, so he won stage two, and then he ended up winning the race. Never mind. Fifty-three points on the day. Danny Hamlin in second. Martin Truex Jr. in third. Kyle Busch in fourth. Joey Logano in fifth. Alamarola, De Benedetto, Dylan Elliott, and. Kurt Busch round out your top 10. It is worth noting uh, Kyle Larson, obviously not at these two races. So he didn't have a chance to whip the field. Like I think he's going to do on Sunday. And by the way, the Sunday race was 156 laps, 312 total miles. And that might've been what the Saturday race was too. Yeah. So they might end up with a few laps of overtime. Brad Kozlowski and Ryan Blaney both retired after 95 laps involved in an accident. I seem to remember those two getting together with some hard racing. Uh, Alex Bowman finished 36th. Um, Nobody else really outside the top 30, again, that you would expect to be in the uh, top 20. So that was that. By the way, um, that's not worth noting. So that was Michigan. This race, uh, this Sunday at 2 p.m., East, uh, sorry, 2 p.m. Central time is on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lubing Council Bluffs. Big thanks to those guys for continuing to uh, support dirt or support the front stretch. Uh, big thanks to all the uh, everybody that joined us for today's show. Uh, once again, Cole Wayman joined us in turn two, and then McKenna, excuse me, uh, McKenna Hasse joined us. McKenna Hasse joined us in turn number two with Cole Wayman joining us in turn number three. Uh, feels kind of good to get back into the rhythm of doing two interviews in a show rather than us doing most of the talking correct <laughs> short and succinct i like that all right we're going to be back next week already got an interview in the bag with dustin anderson who is a driver of the 8c modified throughout the area he is competing with mike densberger at eagle for the modified track championship so we're going to sit down and talk with him already got that interview in the bag i plan on sitting down and talking with a couple more drivers friday and saturday so we'll get you more interviews as we're getting lined up don't forget Thursday, next Thursday is a great uh, chance to get down to Lincoln at Southeast Community College and uh, watch this Youth Racers of America event going on. 20 bucks, dinner, great experience. If you're a race car driver, these there's going to be some great information there to get involved. If uh, you're a race fan, I think it would be kind of cool to peer behind the curtain and see how some of these drivers do it. Uh, we talked with McKenna Hassey. She's going to be there along with Jack Dover and a few other drivers. 
She didn't say who yet, but we'll try to get you that information on who the World of Outlaw driver will be there because those guys are going to be in town already with being there on Friday for the race at I-80 Speedway. Anything I missed, Dirk? Nope. I think we pretty much got her. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Taylor Computers and Repair for sponsoring the front stretch. If you're tired of how slow your laptop is or your desktop is, give me a call today. I almost guarantee you I can speed it up for, and it won't break the bank. It'll add new life to your laptop and to your computer. And by the way, with all the kids going back to school, there is no reason why you need to spend $1,000, $1,200, $1,500 on a laptop for a kid to go to college. You can literally get a laptop for $400 that is going to run great. I'm going to repeat that. It's not going to get by. It is going to run great. Certified, refurbished, upgraded from tailored computers and repair. Just give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Big thanks to Rick Haven Ridge of Wealth Partners for supporting the uh, front stretch and sponsoring the Pick'em's Contest. Make sure you get your picks in on time for Michigan. Uh, uh, Get them in on time for Michigan. They're due Sunday at uh, 2 o'clock. And uh, Rick Haven Ridge, find out what Rick can do for you. RickHavenRidgeAdvice.com. Quaker Steak and Lube at Council Bluffs, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the Lube today and uh, uh, watch all the classic car cruising, all the great action, all the great food. I think I got everybody, right? Yep, I think we did. All right. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the front stretch, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.